Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tall Cop Podcast. This is Jermaine Galloway, the Tall Cop. I'm the one who's going to be talking to you again today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about why we have so many drug issues and why they're going to get worse going into the spring, into the mm-hmm. summer, and even into the fall. So with our, with our drug trends, I, I want to kind of highlight a few different things about what's going on, what I'm seeing on my scans, and walking you through this. Because it's easy as a trainer to say, hey, it's going to get worse. That's easy. I'm not going to just tell you that. I'm going to walk you through that. So first, to kind of put things simply, there are two main factors I always look at with drug trends, and I always look at these when I'm out on my scans. And they are what is easy to get and what has low price points. Those are the two main factors with drug trends. I mean, it drives a lot of what we are seeing. When you talk about the drugs that are popular on our streets right now, whether it's in our schools, for adults, through probation, through our drug courts, our mental health side, let's, let's name a couple of them, right? I mean, we could kind of go home. The list could be pretty long. We've gone for a while. But I just want to name a couple. Fentanyl, vapes, cannabis products, our deltas, delta-8, delta-10, delta-11, stuff like that, prescription pills, alcohol. Are any of those hard to get? Are any of those hard to find? Are any of those price through the roof. So an example that I will give you is this. Wherever you're listening to me at, let's say you have donut shops that open. You're a town of 30,000 people. You have 25 new donut shops that open. If you have 25 new donut shops for a town of 30,000 people, you got to assume you already had five or 10 existing donut shops. So with that, no donut shop would, would be able to spike the prices of donuts. They'd all have to reduce their prices because you'd say, hey, you're going to sell me a $5 donut. I'm going to go across the street, buy it from that guy for three. Then I'm going to go next door and buy it from another guy for two. Then that lady down the street from him sells it for a buck fifty, And the prices drop. When prices drop, we price people into the market. And that is what I am seeing. In a time that we that inflation is a very hot topic right now because we're all feeling it. Everybody's feeling that things are more expensive. Why is it drugs are cheaper? You ever kind of wonder that? Why is it drugs have gone down in price when everything else has gone up in price? You would think, don't drugs have supply chain issues? Don't drugs have to get the core of the drug? Don't they have to get the foundation of the drug? Don't they have to get the cutters and all that? How are their prices cheaper? And a big part of it is because our market is flooded. It's just supply and demand. Uh, Everything you're seeing right now with supply and demand is accounting for drugs, but drugs, our market is completely Flooded. So today we're going to go through some examples. I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing on scans as recently as this week when I was in Alabama, some things I came across in the state of Alabama. And I'm going to talk about what drug issues you can expect to see an increase of based on the tolerance of drugs that we are seeing, meaning people are gaining more of a tolerance to drugs across the country and accessibility. And also we're going to talk the youth side and the adult side. So I'm going to kind of separate that out a little bit. First, on my community environmental scans, I've recently been in states like Louisiana, South Carolina, Alabama, Texas. I'm just talking over the last couple weeks. As you all know, I travel quite a bit. So as I've been in those states, I've been scanning a lot. I've been going in ass stores a lot because I want to see what differences, if any, have shown up. And there are differences that have shown up. To give you a little background, the springtime is always the time I find new stuff. If there's one time a year that new drug trends emerge, it is right now. It is going into March, April, and May. I believe part of that is because more people are outside. More people are outside barbecues. More people are wearing short sleeve stuff, which just kind of sounds funny. 
many of the drug trends I see on clothes are actually more on short sleeve items than on hoodies. I find more drug references on short sleeve shirts and things like that than hoodies. And this is coming from a person that's in stores all the time and is out looking for these drug trends. So just to give you a little bit of an idea, I see a lot more of that in the spring because we're wearing more short sleeve shirts in North Dakota or in Montana in May than we are in January. So that's a part of that. Also, the end of school. We have people who are graduating, which means you have individuals who are going to be turning 18. You have individuals who are graduating school. So there's some more accessibility for them. There's some more independence for them. They're headed to colleges. They're headed to universities. There's a little less oversight. I think parents take a step back going, well, we've kind of done our job. Now our child has to make some decisions on their own. So we see a little bit of that. But finally, I think just more people are out and about grabbing products because the stores tend to roll in your new spring items about now. They tend to roll in the new items in the store windows and on storefronts about now. You know, this is after the Christmas break where a lot of us have bought a lot of items and we took a couple months off. And we are, again, going into summer. I believe those are a lot of the factors of why I tend to find more stuff during these months going into the summer months. So let's start out with youth drug trends and what we're seeing with kids. I'm going to reference a few items. We're going to talk about Amanita muscaria. Many of you guys have heard my podcast on Amanita. If you have not, just go back a couple months. It's one of the earlier podcasts I did on Amanita muscaria, which is a form of mushrooms. It's a form of mushrooms that I am finding in every state, whether a state's banned it or not. I am finding it in every state. I'm finding it in smoke shops and gas stations. In every state I have been to, I have found Amanita products. All right. Now, I haven't been to every state in the last 12 months, but I've been to most of them. So I am finding Amanita products there. Most recently, I found an Amanita product in Alabama, just to give you an idea. On the label, it said 21 plus, and it had a unicorn on the label, and it was high milligrams of shrooms. Amanita is a different type of shroom. It is not like psilocybin. It does not test like psilocybin. Many places do not have age restrictions at all, which means a 10-year-old can purchase it. And this product has started to really flood the market. I am finding it in places like smoke shops. That's shops that sell pipes and drug paraphernalia and even gas stations. So Amanita is one that is gaining popularity even more. What about vapes? Of course we have to talk vapes. It is the number one drug trend we have with youth is vapes. So with our vape pens, price points are dropping and accessibility is increasing. This is going to help you put it on a scale. Pre-pandemic, when I was doing scans in 2019 and early 2020, an average vape pen, an amount of puffs, meaning a hit, that's a puff, amount of puffs was approximately 400 to 500 puffs in a vape pre-pandemic. As I record this podcast in 2024, the average vape that I am finding is somewhere in the thousands. I would say probably a 5,000 puff vape is pretty common. And I'm finding them as high as 15,000 puffs right now, including this week. I saw multiple 7,000, 8,000, 15,000 puff vapes this week in the state of Alabama. So with that, here's my point. As we go into the spring and summer, we have a product, vaping, which is an epidemic in our schools. The price points are dropping. Availability is increasing. Remember those two factors we talked about which means addiction is going to increase. It's going to increase in the spring and then in the summer when many parents are still working, but yet their kids are at home, meaning less supervision, 
during the summer, it's going to increase also. So one of the things that schools do not get enough credit for is flagging drug issues. Many of the drug issues with kids are flagged in the school system. And the schools kind of sound the alarm, and then we get mental health, counselors, treatment, doctors, whomever involved. What I'm saying is your kids are not going to be in the schools for three months, which means we're not going to flag as many drug issues. While coincidentally enough, the drug issues are going to be increasing. So that means in August, when your kids go back to school, I'm telling the schools to strap in and get ready because when your kids go back to school, the drug issues are going to significantly increase this fall. Get prepared. You're going to wish you had early 2024 back with what late 2024 is going to look like in the drug culture in schools. And remember, when we talk vapes, that's nicotine, that's cannabis, that's our Delta products, which we'll talk about next. And it's even other stuff in vapes. Get prepared. It's going to be significantly worse, not slightly, which also means your depression, your anxiety, the seizures that we're seeing, because I'm still getting emails about seizure activity in schools, including one that just came in last week from a Texas middle school where they talked about a student using, and it was, a, it was from a nurse, a middle school nurse, where they talked about students using and seeing more seizures. So is it safe to say now, making the correlation of all these things, that we are going to see an increase of seizures in schools? I would say so. I would say so going into the fall. Absolutely. We're going to have to wait and see, but I feel comfortable saying we are because of the association we're going to see with synthetic drugs and seizures. So pay attention to that. Now, I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about the Deltas. The, which was on our earlier podcast also, Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 11, Delta 6, THCO, THCP, THCV, THCXR. I could keep rattling all these off all day. Those products are flooding the market also. Some states, there's conversations in states about banning them. There's conversations in states about regulating 21 and over. There's a lot of conversation in states about addressing the deltas. But here's what you have. You have a product that people know about, and there's a large surplus of it, which means this, low price points and accessibility mean more use. And in this case, it's with kids and adults because we're going to see them still going to it to avoid drug testing, still going to it to get around laws and policies, and still going to it because it's available and it's being sold over the counter in most states. And let's be honest, even if a state bans it, you can still buy these products on the Internet. You can still buy it in a neighboring state. And I've been to states where it was allegedly banned, and I walked into smoke shops and inquired about it, and they said, yep, we got it. So keep this in mind. If you ban a drug, we have to enforce the ban. If you don't enforce the ban, nothing happens with the ban. A ban is just a piece of paper. That's all it is. You have to enforce the ban. So keep in mind that your state, wherever state you live in, could ban a drug, but if they're not going to enforce it, it's really irrelevant. So keep that in mind too, Okay. Now, finally, let's talk about the opioids, which is a forefront of everybody's mind and why I believe we're going to still see an increase in that. So let's start out with fentanyl. What is the deal with fentanyl and what's going on there? I'm going to roll the clock back a little bit for everybody. Do you guys remember the bulletins that you received pre-pandemic? I like to use the pandemic kind of as a gauge of timelines. Pre-pandemic, you received a bulletin. Law enforcement did. Uh, mental health did, treatment did, and even drug seekers who were using drugs like heroin did. And here's what the bulletin said. Be careful because heroin is being cut with fentanyl. I know some of you are nodding your head because you guys remember seeing that bulletin. 
hey, they are cutting heroin with fentanyl. Now, obviously, that was to increase the potency of it. But what I want to go to is why did we need an increased potency of heroin? Did anyone ever think that heroin was not a potent or strong drug? Why did we need increased potency of heroin? Because there was a demand for increased potency of heroin. In the early days, there was individuals who were afraid. I remember hearing from even drug seekers saying, hey, we're worried they're cutting our heroin with fentanyl. But then after a while, you didn't hear that anymore. You just heard they're cutting heroin with fentanyl. Now, again, 2024, how commonly do you hear about cutting heroin with fentanyl? Don't you just hear about fentanyl now? Do you hear about heroin being cut? And here is my point. We are building up such a tolerance to opioids that we moved from heroin to, let's call it supercharged heroin, which is heroin with fentanyl, to now just fentanyl. So here is my question to you listeners. What is going to happen when fentanyl is not strong enough? And are we already headed there with drugs like xylazine? Now, some of my listeners have not heard of xylazine. Some have. Xylazine spelled X-Y-L-A-Z-I-N-E. It's xylazine. So with xylazine, that supercharges fentanyl. We first saw, saw xylazine with heroin. Now we see it with fentanyl also, and it supercharges fentanyl. The problem is xylazine not being an opioid or narcotic. Again, not being an opioid or narcotic. Xylazine supercharges it, but Narcan does not work on xylazine. It does work on fentanyl. It does not work on xylazine, which means you are going to see a reduction in the effectiveness of Narcan. To be clear, that doesn't mean don't use Narcan. Still use Narcan. Narcan is very effective, and many times opioids are there, and opioids are one of the core reasons that you, we see the overdose. But understanding that you will see less of a reduction of, or less of a reversal, I should say, using Narcan when xylazine is present. So is xylazine sounding the alarm to us that fentanyl is not strong enough already? Are we starting to see early indicators of that? I believe possibly so. And moving forward, we're going to have to wait to see as we go through 2024 of what things are going to look like. But in a nutshell, I believe they're going to look worse. And I just laid out a bunch of reasons why. We are becoming more tolerant to drugs as a society, which means we, need, we use more and we need stronger drugs in conjunction with more availability, in conjunction with cheaper price points. And all of those, that little trifecta of issues is going to increase substance abuse. Finally, there's one piece I want to talk about. They're starting younger. Guys, we are seeing vaping as young as second grade. I had a class last week, two weeks ago, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, State of Louisiana. They caught a kindergartner with cannabis gummies, a kindergartner with cannabis gummies. So in the early days, we did not see drug use in kindergarten, second, third grade. Vapes, especially flavored vapes, and edibles have changed that game. They have altered that game. Many of the school districts I am training, and I train a lot of school districts every year, many of the school districts I'm training are seeing drug use at the elementary level. They're not seeing it to the same level as high schools, but how long till – I don't think it will ever be equal, but how long till we see a pretty significant rise at elementary schools? Well – we're already kind of seeing it. So with that in mind, um, I wanted to highlight and start getting us prepared for what we're going to see moving forward. And some of the things you can do, I know some of you are sitting here like, what can we do? Address the small stuff through your policies, your procedures, your enforcement, your law changes. 
Address the small stuff. Don't just trim the shrub at the top of the shrub. Address the core issues. Everything starts small and then gets bigger. So don't disregard it. I know for some of us, the system's overwhelmed. So we say we don't have time or the manpower or the or the ability to address the small stuff. I get logistics matter. I, I, I do. I get that. But if your question is, how are we going to start to reduce some of this? We have to address the small stuff. And that means through law changes, through policy changes, procedure changes, drug testing changes. But we have to address the small stuff. Okay. With that being said, guys, don't forget, uh, I am on Apple now. So I'm on Apple and Spotify. So you can follow me on both of those. Uh, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter through my website, Tall Cops Says Stop. We have our conference coming up in October, the Emerging Drug Trends Conference. And finally, you can sign up for some of my, po- not just my podcast, but some of my webinars also through my website, Tall Cops Says Stop. So I have a lot of ways to get information out to you guys. Um, keep your heads up. Everybody's not using drugs. The world's not ending because of drug use. Keep your heads up. Keep your focus, though, too, and understand things are getting worse, but we're the ones who are out there fighting, trying to make our communities healthier and better. Appreciate you guys being here. Jermaine Galloway, Tall Cops Says Stop. Remember, you can't stop what you don't know. Thanks, guys. Bye.